All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Work Radio, episode three happening right now. We got Dom and Chad with us. We are live from CrossFit West Chase. It's Friday. Um, you probably hear some of the noon class out there right now uh, doing, doing their workout. So, um, all right, let's dive in. Today, we're going to talk about how to identify and hire the right coaches, whether it's from outside of the gym or in the gym. And um, we're going to kind of just have a discussion about this. And Two of the things that I think are the most important when hiring a coach is their empathy and their autonomy. And uh, empathy, I would define as basically just how much do they care, right? Not just about the job, but the actual people that are in the gym with them, their clients on the floor. Um, Are they just home for the summer from college and just want a a quick job to to get some cash in their pocket? Or is this actually what they really want to do? Do they really enjoy this? Do Do they love everything about it, right? Which is obviously going to make you a great coach. And um, and then autonomy from, uh, I think it's devi- defined as like a quality or state of self-governing. And to me, it's more just doing what needs to be done without being told. And that probably goes for any industry, not just here in the fitness industry or, or in this gym space. Um, and we have a ton of coaches who exhibit both of those qualities. And um, that's, that's we've, we've been lucky that we've been able to find so many awesome coaches throughout our journey. Um, now that we have two gyms and, um, and over 500 members between both of them. And, um, we've been able to, we didn't get there by, by having average coaches. And, um, so Dom and Chad are both coaches here at the gym. And, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I I couldn't agree more. I think that I think good people are attracted to good people in like that sense. I think, you know, just me personally being here a year, just the overall welcoming and the familiarity that I had when I was here was like kind of strange. Like, you know, you, you're like, wow, this is weird. Like, if like I've known Chad forever, if like I've known you. I don't want to cut you off, but other people have said that before too. Like, yeah. what, like uh, what is that? Is that something that we're doing or is that something that other gyms don't do? I think it's what other gyms don't do. I think there's so many egos in this sport of CrossFit. <clears throat> and I think when you walk into a gym, it's kind of like that ego check. Like, are they judging me? Am I judging them? And it's like stressful, right? Like, I think that's with anything. But like when I came here, it was like instantly like the ego was put aside. I felt like I was like just a normal like member. And that was pretty cool. Like you go to most gyms and you either like have to battle like the top person. Like they think that they're so prideful. It's like alpha, alpha. But here it was so nice. <laughs> it was so nice not to have that. Um, and I think that's something that people look for, especially if you've been in the fitness space for any amount of time. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I cut that vibe too. I, I started coming here on Saturdays. I knew Aaron previously through um, Orlando competitions yeah. and just uh, with the last gym, one of the other gyms I coached at. Subu. Subu. Yeah. And um, so I already kind of knew Aaron a little bit, but uh, it, like the one thing I noticed like here out the gate was just the community and like how, uh, how everybody was so involved in the community. When I say everybody, not just the coaches, but what's big to look for is coaches creating a community mm. so a coaches can can add to the community in a great way and help um uh, help the community grow stronger and that's one thing as coaches oh it's important to have like the right staff yeah and there too as well and I, I i picked on that real quick i felt like um all the coaches that I was around just had such a like hands in the community without still you know being in the, the professional aspect of it and it was just it showed because yeah. i've been in a, you know plenty of gyms where clearly the coaches are don't care about the community yeah. at all whatsoever. So that's one thing. Just kind of like starting with is coaches caring and growing about the community is is huge. We're looking for yeah. across the coach. Yeah, to touch on that a little bit. Um, 
we I, I've seen uh, whether dropping it or other things in the past, like what you just said, like coach not not necessarily caring about the community. I don't think those coaches realize how that actually impacts them in the long term, because if you we've discussed this on another episode, but if you're a coach, like you're a leader in that community, and once you have that coach show, it doesn't matter where you're at, at the grocery store afterwards, whatever, people see you differently. And for, and I'm not saying coaches have to like go this crate, like act like they own the gym, right? But they they need to have a certain level of of understanding that if you act like a jerk or if you blatantly don't care, like it's only going to come back and affect you, or your gym's not going to grow. You're not going to be able to take those next steps. You're not going to be able to have this awesome community that enables the gym to afford a bigger or more awesome facility or more equipment. Like there's a trickle down effect to all that. It's all connected. Um, which again, we're talking about, you know, good coaches and whatnot. And the, the good, the best coaches realize that. Um, and, and coming from a gym owner, I want to sound like, Oh, you're a coach and you should do all this, this and this and not be paid for it. It just, it just goes to, Hey, do you, do you do a good job? And do you truly care? Like, you know, um, and I, I was able to wear that hat too. When I just started CrossFit, Guy and I were just a member for like six months until we got our L1s and we started coaching. And, but like, we still genuinely cared about the gym, even though we didn't own it. Yeah. Right. I still wanted the gym to do well. I still took the time to, to walk over. And I'm not saying everybody has to do this or whatever, but, you know, if, oh, there's a new guy over there, like, go out of your way and, and go say what's up real quick. Just takes two seconds. Yeah. And, um, and I'm speaking from a coach, not a member. And like, all that stuff just, just goes such a long way. We're just so fortunate that we have so many coaches, like you guys and other coaches here. They just do that stuff. Yeah. Well, I think like you like you said, it it trickles down from the top. I think that like I like speak for Chad, but me, when I'm in this gym coaching or any even as a member when I'm like working out, it's our job to be a reflection of ownership. Like I think that that's like something we have to own. Like you're the owner. We should reflect what you do. And in that sense, you already do such an amazing job, you and Guy. So it's like it's easy to, to be a good coach. It's easy to be a good person in the gym. When you work for somebody who isn't that way, it's kind of like rebellious. So you kind of like act out or you, you know, I've been in gyms just speaking from experience where I've done that, where I've like, I couldn't be like, you know, the guy that I am here because the coach wasn't, was a, you know, jerk or the coach didn't treat people right. People know that they pick up on it quickly. The coaches, that's such a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It was like, it's hard to do your job. Like, well, you don't take pride in it. Exactly. You don't, you know, you maybe take pride in your job. Yeah. Or you don't have as much pride for, yeah, you know, the gym, and that's where that's where ownership comes from. Absolutely, you know, like you need to have like, you, know, you need to have that pride. And if uh, if you're very very prideful on your job, yeah, and then you're in a gym community or you work for a certain owner, where that's almost like taken away from you. It's almost like, oh, I feel like I don't have what I had. Yeah, that love I had for my job. Exactly. Well, that's kind of gone. Kind of robs you of like your your craft and your cra- I mean, like yeah. your your gifts. It's kind of like well, I can't reach my full capacity because there's this weird ceiling that I keep hitting. Um, and that, last time I was in, it was like that. Like I felt like I was like, I could be so much more involved, but like, it's almost like going to waste. And I hate seeing that. So like, that was my fault for sitting on my own gifts, but it happens, you know, we're all human, but here it's easy to come. Well, you also need to be motivated too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's easy here to, to reach capacity and, and then establish more, establish a new capacity just because of the ownership is so, you know, well-groomed. I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, two unique things about you guys is uh, most of our coaches, I think, have kind of come from within over time, but you guys are basically just came right in as a coach too. Um, I think, Dom, I think you were kind of here for like yeah, a month or so. Sure. Just not not too long though. And then um, Chad, you came in during COVID and that little bit of a weird time. Um, but like I knew right off the bat, just seeing certain things that you guys did, it was like, oh, I want those guys in here, right? And, and you can tell too. 
I mean, you can tell by the way people interact with people. You can tell by their tone, their inflection, little things like, do you smile? Like that, that goes such a long way. And I think so many people, probably younger coaches too, don't realize how important those things are. And they're only hurting themselves because they will eventually have to learn it, but they're wasting time in the beginning, kind of screwing around with other stuff before they actually learn it and then can take advantage of that. And then um, not just at a CrossFit gym, but get a job at whatever they, they actually want to do, whether it's in another industry or not. Um, but the fact that you guys just were already aware of that made it so much easier when I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We've identified this guy here. He's going to be a stud. Like, let's get him on board. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you are betting coaches, what do you look for? Like, like besides those things, like, like what kind of qualities do you look for in the sense of like their overall presence in the gym? Because like you can come here and put on the act. It's very easy to be like, oh, like I'm going to be a good guy here. But like, where do you look for like those small gaps between like acting and actually who you are? You can, you can put on an act, but only for so long. Yeah. Sooner or later, like, you know, your true colors shine through both good and bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as, as things we look for too, I mean, I think it's like generally like wanting to be here. And, and we talked about this in another episode too, like doing your own product as well. Like, are you a coach that just shows up, runs your class and then leaves like right away and, and doesn't work or doesn't kind of stick around and, and hang out and chit chat with the friends that are there and, or, or you, you know, again, go back to like practicing what you preach. Um, do you like, do, do you do your shift and then stick around and, and do your own workout, hang out for a minute, have some food, what, whatever it is, talk, all that stuff just, it, it benefits them to the long run because also, you know, the coaches here, um, you know, basically have unlimited earning potential and what they can do with PT and nutrition. And, and so all that stuff, it's like, Hey, you're only hurting yourself. Like if you want to pick up more PT clients, but you leave after every class yeah. and don't talk to anybody. Like, no wonder nobody books any sessions with you, right? But on, a, on the other side, if you stick around and you talk with people and and you build those relationships and that connection, which is right back to the, the empathy part, then you're probably going to be more successful. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I can speak to that because <clears throat> any coaches out there that are trying to make it to where they can get a little bit more earnings. I mean, every single client I've picked up was from hanging out after class yeah. or hanging out before class. Yeah. Like... I could think of all my clients. I'm fully booked right now, so I'm gonna, yeah, you know, it's a it's a good spot. It's always been. It's like what Aaron was saying, hanging out the class where I've gotten a client. But I don't want to get off topic with that. But just if there's any coach listening, that's like just simple one way to start picking up, you know, one on one clients and things like that for us. Yeah, and you two guys are obviously in here, so like certain things like Chad's really good too when it comes to that that professional line. Like, hey, I'm your I'm your coach and I'm your friend. Yeah, but like I'm your coach first. And I think some coaches to fall too far in like the friend thing. And then I think what member, members actually don't necessarily respect them as much in terms of a coach because yeah. they just see them as like a friend at that point. And, and right, it's all about friendships, all about relationships, community, but you still have to kind of draw that line a little bit um, in terms of, of your profession, yeah. you know, and, um, and, and, and your value and your worth. I'm like, Hey, this is my job. You know, if, if my best friend's a dentist and I, think that um i should get my teeth cleaned for free well i'm, I'm probably not as good of a friend yeah. where if i was just like hey I'm, I'm i respect you for what you do and i'm, I'm gonna pay you for your service yeah. you know so um the best coaches also are really good at balancing that line at the same time where do you feel like gyms like you know speaking i'm sure we've all been in those gyms where we feel like it's not ran that way like where do you think they fall off at you think it's that relationship or like is it like a balance thing where people are like oh like 
this is kind of like a hobby for me. And like, and I've been to gyms where owners treat the gym like a hobby. It's like, all right, I'm here to collect a check. They'll see me, you may not see me. And then the coaches also do that. And then it's kind of like that weird balance of like, this isn't really like a, a professional establishment. Yeah, I think it's leadership. It all comes from the top down too. Um, there's a lot of a lot of people that open up a gym and they still have their regular job, their regular profession, nine to five, which is, nothing's wrong with that. But if they're not going to be the one in there setting the tone and, and leading by example often, then they need to have someone that will. And they probably don't have that someone that will do that. Yeah. They don't have like um, you know a handful of like head coaches like we do that are that are trusted and they're awesome people and they can kind of like pave the way for everybody. They just have like a bunch of part timers in there and then they kind of lose a pulse on the community and on what's happening. I think that's what happens. Um, and it could just be they they can't. And listen, this, this is a tough game. Sometimes they yeah. might not have the <clears throat> the profit to actually have someone like that. They might not even need. Dude, ton of gym owners can't even pay themselves, which is sad. Yeah. Right. They they open up this dream and stuff, and well, like that's not going to last very long if you're like that. So you you kind of dive into different layers here as far as what you could um, attribute that to. But in the end, you got to have someone that's leading the way and and setting the example for everyone else. Right. And then yeah. that, that person they can look back to. It doesn't have to be the best athlete or anything like that. It just has to be someone that's doing that. And I think that's probably where those gyms uh, maybe went wrong or whatnot. Yeah. I could agree. We did. We talked a lot about like positive stuff. We're going to talk a lot about ownership. But coming from the owner's side, what's something to where you don't want to see a coach? So, like, let's just say, like, what's something that, like, you, you don't want that kind of coach by your staff. I think there's a, there's a few things you could talk about here. Um, you can go a couple different directions with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been super fortunate that um, the vast majority of our coaches have been with us for so long. We've had to part ways with so few coaches over the last eight years that some of that's luck. Um, some of that's just having the right people to begin with. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you could, you could talk about ego for one. Um, I, I see this in other gyms, not necessarily seen this in any of our coaches past or present, but that they, they feel like they have to be the best in the gym. And if like a new member shows up, who's already, you know, better than them or running circles around them, they can't handle it. Yeah. And they then don't give that person attention or they drama ensues or whatever, which again only hurts the gym. It's only hurting the gym's bottom line because it's like one less member or whatever. And then that trickles down too. Like I think just relinquishing that ego, which goes for members too. Like when they walk in the door, we talk about it all the time. But it's like, hey, I'm here to coach. Like I don't, what I can do doesn't matter in this moment. Yeah. Um, that um, plus I, I tell the coaches here all the time, and um, you know they do such a good job. Like I think drama when when you have these tight knit communities, right? Drama and who's dating this person, who's doing that, whatever, that, yeah. that can seep in and destroy communities. Yeah. Um, you can have like mass exoduses from gyms that when that happens, and our coaches do such a good job, like when, when something comes up, like they don't perpetuate it, they squash it, Yeah. right? And if that coach is engaging, like if they're out and about, they're out in happy hour on a Friday night, and oh, this, this group over here, so-and-so is talking about someone, and they, they actively engage in that, then they're participating in the cancer, and they're only f- adding fuel to the fire, and they're growing it. But if they're like, guys, like, hey, give them the benefit of the doubt, blah, 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 and they redirect and they move on, then that 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 is huge. That goes such a big way. And that, that's all kind of stuff that, like, 
owners or other coaches or whatever, they can't control because, right, there's, all, there's, you know, between both gyms, like I said, there's there's over 500 members. And if you add coaches and staff in there, it's like a community of like 550 people. That's a lot going yeah, on, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> you have to have all the coaches on the same page is understanding that they have a certain responsibility. If you want to work out at the best damn gym in your town, then treat it like that. Yeah. Act like that, you know? If you just want like a, a place with a bunch of equipment to work out, then that's fine, but you're not the coach for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you think um, being a a good coach or a strong coach have, requires a certain level of selflessness? Yeah, absolutely. I think you guys and the other coaches here simplify that all the time. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like that's something I, I've ran into the past where super knowledgeable coaches um, take pride in the community, but just don't have a certain level of uh, selflessness to where it eliminates growth you know for sure like we gotta we i feel like as a coach we do have to give a little bit extra on and off the floor maybe more than we want to sometimes and you know maybe it's gonna affect our our workout before after class maybe it's gonna you know be that 10 minutes in between class i have myself when i'm helping somebody out yeah i think um showing that you can be that way and you can be selflessness with with um your community as a coach goes strong. So that's like something to look for and some, uh, in a good way and a bad way. Yeah. Meaning like you got to have a little bit of it. There has to be a little bit of it to where you want to go out of your way for your community. Not saying you need to like, you know, go super, super above and beyond off the clock or anything like that. But you have to like, there has to be a little bit of that. Like, I mean, I think you guys do that stuff all the time. Like I know for a fact, like I see Sammy and even the coaches a lot at Largo, like, he runs the gauntlet of the morning classes and he gets a quick workout in before he heads out by himself yeah. all the time. Like that sucks yeah. to be on your feet that long yeah. constantly. It, it sucks in terms of his workout. Yeah. He's, but he's, he's doing a very selfless thing and, and by, by going about it that way. And, you know, it probably works better for his day rather than coming back and jumping to class later. Sure. And, um, you know, you guys jump in classes for your coach before and after all the time. But giving everything you've got to everybody else and then saving yourself for last, your workout for last, like goes a long way too. Yeah. Missing out on that community so you can give it to everybody else. I always think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, he's a great coach. Yeah. Phenomenal. You know, another thing too is people that complain too much. Um, I, I think that's terrible. If if you just complain, but you don't offer um, like something, uh, something to, to help fix it. Yeah. I actually call uh, people that do offer that. I call them solutionists. I don't even think that's a real word, but I like it though. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's one thing to, to come up and be like, ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. This is happening. Like, okay, well, how can we fix it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of useless to me. Like, yeah. you know, I probably was already aware that there was something going on. There's always something going on, you know, but if, if for example, like just cause noon class, if a coach walks up and like, Hey, noon class sucks. We only get like three people to show up. Okay, like, what am I supposed to do with that in that moment? If you're that coach, right? But if you're like, if the coach instead is like, hey, you know, I always coach noon classes and, and the classes are a little bit smaller than the other classes. Like, I was thinking that maybe we can do like a, an extra couple of social media posts every week to remind people we have a noon class. And like, maybe, maybe like, if you're cool with it, like, I'll grab a couple of extra hours and I don't mind paying anybody that wants to do this. It's like, hey, I'll, I'll hit around and like, I'll get a bunch of businesses in the area that have like, that have corporate lunch breaks and stuff. And we'll see if we can't like get that class a little bit busier. Yeah. I'm like, that's great. Why don't we spend like four weeks? I'll pay you an extra three hours a week. Every Monday afternoon class, you hit the streets and, and let's see what we can do with that. But that's just an example off the top of my head. Like if a, if a coach came up and they're like, Hey, I'm identified a problem and I'm offering a solution. That is incredibly value to me 
valuable to me yeah. as a business owner than someone who does the opposite. Yeah. And I, I think far too often people just aren't aware of that. I don't think people are necessarily like, I'm coming here without a solution. They're just, it's, it's very, people are very quick just to whine at times. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't think of problems in the sense of solving them. It's just like, it's easier to be like, that's a problem pointing out. And if we're all standing on this side of the fence, like the fence is broken and none of us are, you know, it, I think that's like what people think of, especially when you aren't the person that's like delegating or in, in charge. It's like, well, I don't want to fix it. I don't want to do it. Cause once you get involved, it may be more work than you expected. I think that's why a lot of people in the sense of like coaches, not our coaches, we do a good job at like, if Chad's doing something, I jump in and like, oh, let me help you out. And he's like, I'm got it. And like, that's the initiative. But other places I've been, it's like, well, that's broken. And he's like, oh, that's broken too. It's like, Oh, well, just tell somebody, you know, it's like, yeah, it could be something like, as simple as yeah. like, you're in the class and you realize one of the rower batteries is broken. Yeah. So that's not turned on. Like you don't bother Chad. You just jump up, yeah, go to the yeah. storage closet, replace the batteries, get back on it go about like, but like when we're all working together, it makes everything so much better. It just makes us so much of a better place to be, um, whether it's a gym or whatever, whether it's a Dairy Queen or a CrossFit, like yeah. <laughs> If like all, all these business principles are, they're not different from one business to another. Oh, you know, yeah. we're speaking specifically in this this gym space. This applies to everything. I agree. You know, I think to um, cut similar topic, but going to like one thing that owners, you know, can do for the coaches is also have a little bit of that trust and to make decisions. So like, you know, do we I, do that? Yeah, and you actually kind of forced me to do it. <laughs> And I, I mean that in a good way. I think uh, I think um, without getting too much into it, I was in a position before where like if I handled something, I would get reprimanded. Yeah, a lot. So a lot of times, I'm coming to, with with coming work for just uh, for Aaron, like I'd like hey Aaron, like this is the scenario, blah blah blah, and then Aaron's pretty much straightforward. It's like handle it. Yeah, and I was like, cool. Yeah, you know, all right, that's yeah. fine. And I think for me, it took a while to do that. But now it's like, cool, if something's going, I'm just going to handle it. Yeah. Or Kirsten's going to handle it. Or someone we someone in the head coach staff is just going to do it. And that makes it where, one, the owner, head coach, Aaron, can focus on things. Also, two, honestly, it gives, me, gives us a little more prideful. Yeah. Right? That, we, that, that, that our boss is like trusting us to just handle the situation. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's kind of like, that's now, you know, three years later, that's kind of how we roll. Now it's a lot of times like, hey, Aaron, I did this today, blah, blah, blah. And then, cool, or, hey, you should have done this way, whatever it is, but it's still, the situation's handled. Yeah. Regardless. And what's the point of having head coaches and people you trust or general managers, whatever you want to call them, if you're not going to give them that? Yeah. And that goes back to the autonomy. Like, I want you to do stuff. Like, especially if we're going to scale, if we're going to have more gyms and grow, like, can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. can't be micromanage. Unless, I don't want to micromanage. Yeah. I want to do the opposite. Yeah. I want, I want you to go and trust, but it's also giving you the, the freedom and the permission like even if you do this thing and it doesn't work, we lose money, we mess up. Like that's okay. Yeah. Because I, I I don't want you to stop. Because that's how we we all learn together. Um. So I think I think more gym owners should give their coaches that that authority and that autonomy and watch how it. Because let's just let's face it, they can be pretty. This is a pretty stressful career path at times. Yeah. So why not do everything you can to if you have the right people in place, then treat them like the right people yeah. in place. Absolutely. It's really what it comes down to. Does that take time as, a, as an owner to kind of like, because like obviously Chad's right-hand man and like it's like anything else, like, you know, you're, we all own businesses and it's like, is it hard to be like, let me give you the keys for a little bit? Like, is that hard to do as first or is it something that you are doing in the sense of like, if it, if it messes up, it messes up. That's okay. 
Yeah, I'm more of that. I, I, I'm um, like, if you compare Guy and I, I think I'm a little bit quicker to uh, like relinquish the keys, like yeah. you said, so to speak. And as soon as I identify that, like, I have this trustworthy person that I like, then I'm going to treat them yeah. like that too. Where, which Guy is nice to balance me a little bit because um, we, we've like entered into partnerships or, or things in the past where like I'm too quick to to jump on something and he's like, well, slow your horse a little bit. I don't listen to him. Then it backfires. Yeah. So it's good to have that balance. Um, but again, I'm kind of like, it's just me. I'm like, I'm going to trust you first. Yeah. And then it, and, until you give me a reason not to, and where other people are like, well, I'm, I'm not going to trust you first until you give me a reason to trust you. I'm kind of the opposite. Just kind of how I live, I guess. Yeah, that's okay. You know, yeah, but like I said, bad. if I feel like I've identified someone, you know, like you guys and like other coaches that are here, it's like, Hey, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust my gut, my intuition here. I've been right more times than I'm wrong in terms of good, that. It's a good record to have um, for sure. Yeah, but um, just to kind of wrap this up, like if if you are an owner and you you do need to kind of transcend up to that next spot where you can kind of oversee everything, still coach a little bit, but but be able to kind of focus on like the big picture. Then you got to have the right people in place, and whether it's people that you're bringing in or um, people that are already in house. Um, make sure they're the right people. Um, I've heard sayings in the past, like hire slow, fire fast, but I don't think that's applicable to everything. Cause like, you know, I knew you guys were legit and we jumped on and here we are, yeah. you know, we didn't like waste our, our time, so to speak. So yeah, good luck out there. If you guys are hiring people, um, try and find awesome guys like them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. We'll catch you later.